This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Nightlight has partnered with Fan Roll Dice by Metallic Dice Games to offer an exclusive discount on one of their gorgeous dice sets that we've fallen in love with because of their satisfying weight and, let's just be honest, sparklies not to mention their impeccably constructed dice accessories. In one word, velvet. Visit fanrolldice.com, that's F-A-N-R-O-L-L-D-I-C-E.com, and use our discount code NIGHTLIGHT for 10% off any new additions to your dice hoard. A portion of your purchase will come back to us and help support our shows. So go to fanrolldice.com with the discount code NIGHTLIGHT to get 10% off of any additions to your dice hoard. Hi, we are here today with Evan Davis, the author of The Scars of Eliza Gray, and we're going to talk about the movies Get Out and Us, both by Jordan Peele. Um, Get Out was kind of Evan's first foray into Black horror, so I really wanted to talk to him about it, um, because I don't come from that perspective. I grew up watching a lot of Black horror, and I would really like to see what this movie looked like from the eyes of someone who was seeing this as somewhat sort of a fresh sort of thing. Um, We talked in Evan's interview uh, after his story about how this was his first foray into watching it and he's watched Get Out and uh, so we talked briefly about what he thought about it so make sure you go back and listen to The Scars of Eliza Gray and his interview if you haven't already. Um, Barring that there aren't going to be there are going to be tons of spoilers for Get Out and Us in this interview, but we aren't going to spoil The Scars of Eliza Gray. So if you haven't listened to that episode you're okay, no big deal. But if you haven't seen the movies and you don't want them spoiled, you should stop listening right now. All right, so Evan, you saw Get Out. Did you see it when it first came out or did you wait a little while to see it? Um, I think it took me probably, I don't know, it wasn't, it wasn't in theaters anymore, so probably a few months. We did, we did the classic like horror movie over at a friend's um, get-together kind of setup. Nice. Did you watch it with a mixed group of people or was it mostly black people or were you kind of like the only black person there? I was, I was the, I was the sole dot of Brown in the room. <laughs> which, I think we have all been there. <laughs> which really kind of added to the movie's effect. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. So I'm really curious. I saw this at a movie theater. Oh, cool. um, and I saw it, I saw it at Alamo, which if you aren't familiar with Alamo, it is a theater where they will kick you out if, you're talking or laughing or on your phone. Well, I mean, you can laugh at like funny movies or whatever, but you know, if you're disturbing um, anyone's movie experience, they will kick you out and they're not sorry about it. Like you can YouTube it. They, there was this woman that called them once and was like, you kicked me out of the movie because I was on my phone and this is not right. And they were like, screw you lady. Don't ever come back. God, I wish, I wish we had that here. <laughs> it, is, it is an excellent movie theater. You can eat, you can drink, like they're alcoholic beverages. It's great. There's tables. Oh my God, kicking. It's perfect. I wish they were, everywhere like honestly i think if i ever move away from austin that's the thing that i'm going to miss to miss the most, the most. <laughs> you know if it, assuming i take my friends with me but like the thing here that i would miss the most would be because i'm spoiled now like i won't go watch a movie anywhere else i did like last year mm-hmm. i won't because alamo was sold out of a movie i wanted to watch and i wanted to watch it quickly sure. so it's like this regular ass movie theater and, <laughs> 
I was so disappointed. Like I was just grumpy the whole time. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, like, do they have? Do they do like the reserved seating? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you yeah. buy your you can buy your tickets online. You can say, I want these seats, and and like the, they recline and they're like almost like household furniture. Like. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of some of the theaters recline. Like some, especially if they are newly remodeled, their sure. seats will decline. Decline, recline. Um, <laughs> I cannot talk. This, the sweet new feature where yeah, they decay decline. Um, <laughs> no, so some of them recline, some of them don't, and some of them have different menu items. So I'm like they're not all 100% the same, but the sure. thing that stays consistent is that you cannot talk during the movie. But <sighs> so when I watched it, like there were a bunch of white people there. The lady that was sitting next to me was black, so I was like, thank God. Like when she sat down, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the ancestors are smiling upon me um, but it was funny because you know like you could you know there are all these white people in the theater it's dark so you can't really see them but mm-hmm. there were points in the movie like especially like that moment when he takes like that deer head or whatever yeah. and like kills that dude with it or beats him you know and quite or just like runs runs down the yeah. hallway and <laughs> yeah like you could hear like you could tell where all the black people in the theater were because we were all like yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean it, like they're, they're strict but like it was funny because like we were the black people in that movie were very vocal and like nobody was like reporting <laughs> but you could tell like where the spots of black people are were in the theater anyway, just by anyway. sound <laughs> just, by, like, just by sound my- alone but so yeah i couldn't see like anybody's reactions i could just hear things and the things that i heard were mostly from black people because white people were mm. mostly silent um, <laughs> during the movie so i'm really curious about your experience in watching this with a whole bunch of white people like how they reacted to it especially <laughs> knowing that you could see them you could see their reactions and like you knew them right like these weren't complete strangers you were no, saying no, these, were, these so. were close friends yeah no it was it was actually kind of great because it <laughs> it played well because like so like the scene at the um the, the party that, you know, he doesn't know about and she doesn't know about. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden a bunch of their like uh, rich old white friends start showing up. Yeah. And it's like this like a uh, cocktail backyard party, what have you. Um, all like that, that vibe of um, like, what is the African-American experience been like for you? Or uh, like, what's it, <laughs> yeah. what do you think of being black yourself? And right. Those questions. Yeah. And, no, do, like capital T, capital Q, those questions. <laughs> yeah. the, the whole, my, my dad would have voted for Obama. Cringing, let's relate remarks. We didn't have to, I, oh God, I, this might be like a faulty memory thing, but I feel like we paused the movie at least once or twice. Yeah. To kind of like add one of those parts or like one of those questions, they could like, like pause. Is, is that what it's like? And I go like, we don't need to interrupt the flow for a survey, but. Right. <laughs> Please hold right your now, questions you until the back. end. <laughs> right. But there is, there's a little bit of that or like, uh, that, 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 like, uh, that's some white people shit that yeah. came up more than, uh, more than once. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We, we had fun with it, but. Uh, so yeah. y'all are still friends now? Oh yeah. yeah okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> no, that shit ain't out of place. I promise but did you find like them asking those questions? Like, let, let's ignore the fact that they were interrupting the movie to ask <laughs> questions because that's that's a whole nother thing. It's a whole different thing, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> Let, let's just look at like their questions. Did you mind them asking those questions, or you know, did you like I mean, they asked those questions? How did you feel about that? Does does being like kind of jaded count? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, yes, I, I think we all I, know that feeling. I get, so I'm all, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of, okay, so one theme, and like, so I, I go into movies, especially ones like this, under the assumption that, and I think it's a fair one, that everything is intentional. Like mm-hmm. any kind of like uh, theme you you observe, any symbolism you see, um, there's always that like death of the author interpretation by the audience thing. But I just yeah. assume that was intentionally put out there. Yeah. Play or like Peel plays wonderfully with like that ambiguity of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I I I did good homework and I took a couple of notes on my. I'm recent so proud homework. of you. You get an A plus. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh there at the at that same party one like the golfer guy uh says like uh you know in his attempt to relate with chris is like i knew tiger you know and i there's that kind of ambiguous like okay is this like a is this like a weird flex of like hey i hang out with with famous people or is it like a i've got a black friend too you know right <laughs> um, yeah and when it yeah, was probably a little bit of both Right. <laughs> and, and uh, that's like that ambiguity is kind of what's, I don't know, I guess was mimicked in some of those questions too. So I'm, I'm six, five, six, four, somewhere around there. And I get asked at any kind of dinner party, any kind of whatever social event I go to that has like, we'll say like an average age range of like, you know, probably 50 plus and a real uh, low amount of, uh, melanin is it melanin yeah it's melanin. yeah yeah um i get asked all the time if i play basketball and it's this like i don't i my my uncle actually gave me a sweet uh kind of repost to that to say that no i actually i'm a horse jockey but, <laughs> and i don't know so it's this kind of like are you is it in a, is it an assumption because i'm darker skinned and tall is it just a tall thing but it gets pretty tired pretty quickly and it's yeah I don't know when I hear those or like if something uh, concerning uh, something affecting the black community on the news yeah. or any of those kind of like questions, I, I do get a, a pretty quick like crowd of eyes all looking at me going like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not. That's the thing that. about being like the black friend. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Oh my God. Is an interpreter translator in a lot of ways like does that really happen yes yes it really <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say I, I don't know i i quickly i guess developed the attitude of like guys i don't want to be like an emissary <laughs> on, all, on all of these questions but um yeah i don't know it happens frequently and it's always this like it's kind of like what uh the art dealer at the party says it's like ah they don't mean anything by it um i mean given the nature of the horror movie you know that's not, maybe not exactly true but um, in real life, yeah, they don't mean anything by it, but it's, have you ever heard of uh, like store clerk syndrome? No, no, you'll have to explain it's, that for me. This might be a total just kind of like urban dictionary thing, but it's basically, you know, uh, working at, at retail at like a checkout counter or something. Yeah. You, know, you cat the first three people through that clerk's line, like, hey, how you doing? Hey, yeah, I'm I'm doing pretty good. How are, how about yourself? But what like by the time four in the afternoon rolls around and they've said hello to six hundred people or what have you, <laughs> and they've heard all of the lame jokes, all of the comments on the weather, all of the I don't know little kind of ice like vanilla icebreakers. Um, I don't know. It's kind of 
I kind of fall into that. I find it hard to hold up enthusiasm when asked for my, uh, I guess, I don't know, looked to for the answer on these things, if that makes sense. Yeah. By, my, by my social circle and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for a long time, I didn't mind answering those questions. But I think a lot of that comes from the fact that I'm mixed. And so, you know, when you're raised as a biracial kid, and, you know, it's not necessarily anything your parents do, but the way society looks at you is, oh, you are the solution to racism. And <laughs> you solve all of those things. You prove that we can all love one another. And, you know, you, you kind of get cast as this person who lives in this world in between and is responsible for yes. fixing all of these problems, right? Yeah, that, that shoveling of the responsibility, too. Yeah. And so, you know, getting asked those questions, you know, especially when I was younger, it, I actually enjoyed it because it's like, oh, you know, I get to, I get to, you know, fulfill this role that I've been given by society, right? You know, I get to, I get to convince all these white people that black people are not what you think they are. <laughs> like, we're actually pretty awesome and, hate <laughs> us and, you know, racism is stupid. And, you know, thinking, oh, well, they'll listen to me because I'm, you know, I'm half white. I'm one of them. They'll listen. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, once I figured out that wasn't the case, <laughs> kind of yeah. got, it kind of got old. You know, I, I don't mind answering some questions. Sure. There, there are some questions that get asked a lot. But yeah, the, going back to the party and get out, you know, knowing after the fact that that wasn't really the whole standard. Oh, I see a black person and I have questions about black people. Let me ask them but more of an interview, <laughs> and yeah, right. you know, whether or not this was a suitable person for them to inhabit. Yeah. A whole other light <laughs> to that. And it made me wonder if, you know, because like when you really think about it, a lot of the questions that are asked, you know, some of them are asked because they're just curious. They just want to know right? You know, they're, they're not sure. But then a lot of them, I think, are asked, especially, you know, questions about like pop culture and things like that mm -hmm. are asked because they want to inhabit that world. Mm -hmm. And so I started to see that party as sort of an allegory from, you know, it's not just an interview to determine if he's a suitable person for them to, or body for them, for them to inhabit, but also learning about black culture so that they can inhabit that because you know we're seen as the cool group of people you know people are always appropriating things from our culture mm -hmm. and when we do it it's kind of looked down upon but then as it sort of migrates to becoming something in more quote-unquote popular culture sure it's something that's more acceptable mm -hmm. for those kinds of people um what else did you think of that party scene uh, well, what came to mind just now was like the, I don't know, not just in like what they say and like the questions they ask and everything, but um, the, like the feeling of that, I don't know, like that kind of, it's just, a, it's just a splash. It's like a, a, a splash of either like milk in your coffee or sweetening your tea, whatever, just it's, it's enough to be there. Uh, just the feeling of kind of like social awkwardness. And like the the first thing that came to mind was that uh, little it's a super shortcut, but when uh, Chris starts looking through his camera and kind of like trying to take pictures of the event, mm -hmm. and uh, his frame settles on uh, I think Chris's name is the only one I remember from the movie, but the <laughs> the, the dad, the the girlfriend's yeah. dad. Yeah, I can't remember his name either. It looks like he's about to take he's about to snap his shot, and like <laughs> the dad just like 
spins around, points right at him, and just like it was great. It was like about half a second after the finger goes out, mm-hmm. all like six other faces in unison look at yeah. Chris. And there's just, I don't know, like the feeling of spotlight. Um, right. That, I don't know, just kind of like those, I don't know, like the the feelings that, that got captured, but not necessarily in words. Yeah. Through dialogue, I thought was, I thought was great. So let's talk about the scene in the very beginning <clears throat> where they hit the deer. Yeah. Oh, God, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you need mo- no more prompting. Go right ahead and say what you want to say. <laughs> Oh, sorry. No, I mean, okay, okay, kindly. No, um, I, there was so much about that scene that I, I remembered because this is my, like I said, I watched, I watched it again recently for the second time. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the, it reminded me how much I loved it. Um, because what I forgot was like in the, the moments just before the deer hits, they like they start getting super playful like i think they they start yeah. like a pickle fight or something yeah and it's this and it's coming off the back of this like uh, a you know i'm not looking forward to this trip and like you kind of feel the tension yeah and then yeah. he's there to kind of you know relieve it and placate him and just kind of like, they start playing they start playing and just as you're kind of like i don't know fully absorbed in that kind of playful stress-free moment bam mm-hmm. dear yeah and um <clears throat> Uh, for and like you know, you could label it a jump scare. I don't know. I I liked the way it was done. Yeah, uh, I don't think it was meant to be a jump scare. I you know I, so I have a thing about jump scares. You know, it's sure. I think a lot of times jump scares are used improperly. Sure. I don't think jump scares on their own are a bad thing. I think Correct. the way that it was employed in this scene was great because it's, and I mean I think this was done throughout the whole movie. You know, especially mm-hmm. with you know not just having a scene where, you know, something, nothing is really happening. You know, things are kind of like, okay, everything's cool. This isn't a big deal. And then bam, something happens. But also Jordan Peele's use of humor, you know, we're kind of laughing at something and it it kind of disarms you in a way. And then something horrific happens or something horrific happens. And then he kind of follows that up with some humor and you're like, okay, okay, okay. I can, you know, like, I'm good. Like you're not allowed to feel the horror for very long. Mm-hmm. in some cases and I think that he uses that timing really really well to kind of keep you on your toes like you don't know what to expect like a lot of movies you know like they have the music and you know I'm not saying he doesn't do this and get out or us but mm-hmm. in most horror movies you have this music and it's sort of you know increases in intensity <laughs> and, and you know like something's gonna happen something's coming, you know? yeah. <laughs> something's coming and then something does happen right and yeah. so the movie is telegraphing its punches before it hits you right but mm-hmm. i think that he intentionally uses humor and horror both to disarm you you don't ever know which thing to expect and i think a lot of the reason that he was <clears throat> that he was doing that is, you know, not only because it makes a good movie, but for sure. also the ending. If we think about the ending, you know, we see the police car come and we're like, oh, great. <laughs> you know, <here> we go. <laughs> He's about to get shot. Like, this is, you know, like, th- that would have been the ending. And, like, I think, I don't think people would have been mad at that ending because it's, it's something that we would expect, right? Like, especially with everything that's been in the news lately. It's like, that's what we get. We, you know, we, we might've been disappointed that he wasn't more creative with the ending, but we wouldn't have been disappointed in the ending itself. But then like 
he's disarmed you this up until this whole point. And so like, you forget that he's disarmed you. Like he does it in such a way that you don't necessarily recognize it consciously. Mm-hmm. And then he does it again with the ending. And it's like, you know what? I should have seen that coming because he's been doing this the entire movie, but he does it in such a way that you don't even notice. Yeah. Look back on it. It's very subtle. Um, it kind of like, I, I, so I want to put like a, a, a pin in the deer scene and a, yes. a potentially really bad analogy I have. <laughs> okay. uh, and on the, like uh, with the whole, the, the ending thing, uh, looked it up and found, like, did you know that there was an alternate ending? Yeah. Was, yeah. Where he goes to jail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, I, I looked that up and have you seen or like seen that with the commentary that he has to add? Yeah, I did, but it's been a, it's been a while. So I can't remember exactly what he said. <laughs> No, for it's totally cool. He uh, basically he goes on to say that you know the the first the like the, the the original ending was Chris going to jail. Yeah. And um, you know, ending as, as Peel puts it, and it makes he he says you know it only kind of makes sense that mm-hmm. after what happens for that to happen, you know, yeah. you know she uh, uh, Rose Rose is her name. Yeah. Rose dies, and um you know, the cops show up, it looks the way it does, he goes to jail. <laughs> right, in, right. in that, in this system, he, he goes to jail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but I mean, really, like, him going to jail is, like, the best case scenario, <laughs> like, yeah. in the real world. Like, I feel like there was mm-hmm. probably about a 75% ch- chance he would be shot and killed, Shoot and a 25% chance that he would go to jail. There was, like, a 0% chance that, you know, it'd be like, oh, okay, it was just self-defense, you're cool. You know? Even in the, uh, like, the uh, watching the clip, knowing that it's an alternate ending and everything, and knowing yeah, that there are, yeah. like, three more minutes beyond what I'm at the point, the mm-hmm. moment when, like, the cops approach and he stands up, I, I had a twinge in the back of my neck that was like, don't move so fast. But... Yeah, um, yeah. So I, that you make a really good point. Um, going back really quick, just to the, I'm, I'm going to unpop the pin that I put in the deer. Go thing. right ahead. We're going to just jump around the whole time. It's going to be great. Uh, talking about uh, like how he juxtaposed, you know, he's got, he has his background in comedy and humor. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm not like the biggest sports fan. I follow a couple, but primarily it's MMA. So I'm not sure how many of your listeners I'm about to lose. But um, one Hopefully of the... Hopefully no one. There's nothing wrong with MMA. <laughs> one of the... Um, which actually, oh my God, brings me to the scene when we meet Jeremy. Uh, uh-huh. uh, anyway, um, so like, I remember <laughs> I had to see him die. <laughs> oh, geez, I think we all were, especially the way it happened. Cranny. Yeah, yeah. But, he's like the um, Joffrey of the whole cast there. <laughs> for sure. But um, I like one of the questions I had as an MMA fan for a while, like kind of while getting into it, was like, you know, it's all about you know, Muay Thai versus boxing versus karate is how like UFC anyway mm-hmm. started. And the question kind of becomes like, you know, what's the most handy or pivotal like arts to incorporate into mixed martial arts? Yeah. And yeah. by and large, the um the kind of accepted most important phase to have is wrestling because you get to kind of like dictate where the fight takes place, whether it's oh, on that's the interesting. Yeah. or on the ground and like you start to incorporate like grappling and whatnot, or you keep it standing. Right. And <laughs> now this bringing it full circle, that's kind of what Peel does. He has his background in comedy uh-huh. and now he's a, he's attempting or, and like he's, you know, he's used, he's, employing horror but he right. still has that comedy base to kind of like 
not only fall back on, but like use to manipulate your feelings as the audience. Yeah. And so as you're starting to get like really creeped out or really thrown, then he can, he, he's very well practiced in hitting you with, with humor to kind of bring you back out of it. Right. Um, in the same way that like, you know, it, two guys who are throwing punches, if one of them is really good and has shown that at any point he can just duck down and take you to the ground and beat you up, all of a sudden you're not really sure how to defend the punches because he can duck down and take you down at any point. Right. And it just kind of like, I don't know, it adds that level of control, that level of uh, manipulation. Yeah. And so, yeah, just the fact that he can, you know, uh, use that humor that he's so well versed in to kind of either, you know, like, uh, calm you, soothe you, make you laugh, take you, bring you into a place of comfort and then strip it away (laughs) or vice versa. Um, And the, God, just like the way that got used in the deer scene for the, you know, the well-handled jump scare, but um, also just the way the deer was handled. We find out later that it's a symbol for, for his mother who was suffered a hit and run. And Mm -hmm. uh, the whole, like his whole conflict comes from, you know, he thought she was dead, turns out, and so he did nothing, but yeah. it turns out she was still alive. Yeah. The deer is hit, it's still alive. Um, have you ever seen, I'm pretty, I've been telling people it's this movie, so I hope I've been right this whole time. Um, <laughs> the Last Exorcist? Yeah, yeah. That, I think, uh, I think it's an, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, it made me question myself. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, but wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I, th- I think the premise was uh, like, and this came out like maybe nine, 10 years ago, but I think the premise was like, you know, it's a pair of exorcists, but they don't really actually think that exorcism works. They just kind of do it for the, for the check, that whole thing. Um, yeah. And then of course, lo and behold, they come across an actual demon possession and need to do an actual exorcism. There's a, there's a scene somewhere in the middle where the girl who's possessed, they like show off how crazy she is. She takes the, the camera that's being used to document this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And for a, a stint, it becomes, I think the whole thing is a POV film, supposed to be found footage. She takes the camera and like strips down naked and walks out to the barn and like to this point we've seen this like this family indoor outdoor cat that belongs to that belongs to the family and Mm -hmm. i think if i remember it the cat's been kind of an asshole and uh, she takes the camera and just like you know you see her walking out to the barn pushes the door open walks across and here's the cat just on some hay bales Mm -hmm. and like you know it kind of zooms in looks at it and then you see like the perspective from the camera raise up and basically we view from the camera as she uses it to bash the cat to death. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I've seen that. Ah, God, that, Oh, I remember that struck me. And I just kind of was like, I don't know. It, I think it was supposed to inspire dread, but all yeah. I got from it was just kind of gross and disgust. Yeah. Which I, I don't know the first, when I, I remember seeing the, the movie for the first time, uh, get out. And when, you know, the deer got hit, and it's kind of, you know, mooing or whatever the technical yeah. term for a deer sound is. Um, I was like, oh, God, are we going to see one of these, like, slow, tortured, he puts it out of its misery kind of gross shots? Yeah, yeah. But, um, I don't know. They handled it just tastefully enough for you to kind of get the dread of, oh, my God, it's still it's still breathing. Yeah. But without the, like, straight up 
disgust and like yeah. repellent feelings of what Last Exorcist did. Yeah. And I, I think that's really like a lot of people have like, I don't watch movies where dogs die. Like I, I cannot do it. There is, there is a site actually called Does the Dog Die? <laughs> I was about to uh, mention that. <laughs> and like my husband was watching John Wick this this weekend, and like I had no idea. I was just like, I was gonna take a nap, and it was on, and I was like, oh. okay, you know, I'll watch it. And the freaking dog dies, and I'm like, dang yep. it. Yep. And so I, and then he started he started watching the second one. I was like, I'm not watching this unless I look first. Does the dog die? <laughs> like he has a new dog at the end of the first John Wick, and I'm like, if this dog dies, I know I'm not watching this movie. I'm going somewhere yeah. else. Signing off. So, yeah, I checked to make sure that the dog didn't die. So you know, a lot of people have that. You know, it's funny. Like we can watch people's heads be bashed in. You know, we can yeah, watch right. animals cut people to pieces. But mm-hmm. like, if an animal dies. You know, especially like if it's a deer or a cat or a dog, you know, something mm-hmm. that we see is like a nice animal, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that that turns a lot of people off. But I think the way that he handled it was, you know, it what it it's interesting because it was meant to, like you said, be this sort of metaphor for what he went through with his mother. Yeah. And it was necessary. But in a lot of movies, like, you know, a, a dog dying is just to show like how cruel the bad guys are and that wasn't the case here and i think because it was to show his frame of mind even though we didn't necessarily know it at the time i think that's part of the reason that it felt like it was handled so tastefully yeah you know it wasn't it wasn't just a cruel act for the sake of a cruel act to prove to prove a point amen so let's talk about um the scene where you know give me the keys rose (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let me have the keys and we see you know because up until this point we're kind of you know at least for me you know i'm watching the movie and i'm like you know like she could have something to do with this she could be clueless like i'm leaning towards she has something to do with this just because like i'm not trusting her <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is a horror movie like she's not trustworthy like if it oh. hadn't been a horror movie then i might have been like okay you know she may maybe they're in it together yeah yeah but because it was a horror movie, I kind of expected her to have something to do sure. with it. Um, but I felt like he did a really good job of really like towing that line between does she have something to do with this? Does she not have something? Does her family even have anything to do with this? Or is it just these people yeah. that are coming over? Like, is it just her brother? Because her brother was like weird from like moment one. Oh, oh we yeah. Knew, like, <laughs> we knew he wasn't right at all. I'm sure I'm sure like I when we when we were introduced to Jeremy, I even had the thought I was like, I think he was like designed to come off as gross as possible. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he was, I mean, he was it. the actor did a great job. Oh absolutely. A wonderful job. Um, but did, did you realize that Rose was kind of in on this up until that moment? Or, you know, were you kind of like on the fence like I was? How, how well, were you feeling up until that moment? I don't know. I was, I, I, okay, so I, I, I think I, meant, I, I mentioned before that I, 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 I suffer from gullibility. <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually does not take much to fool me, uh, unfortunately. So I was kind of, I was fully in like... I don't know. I was paranoid of it. Kind of like, a, like, don't break my heart, Rose. Right. But, um, like, <laughs> I was I, the same I, way. I was like, please don't be that white girl. <laughs> I was, I was cautious, but I was like, you know what? We're going to put, I'm going to put my faith in you. We're going to, you're, you're in this with me. Speaking yeah. Of um, but there's like, there's the scene, like maybe like three minutes before the whole keys thing where he's packing up and he sees like the little open closet door. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he kind of like goes and like, so this part for me was actually the movie's absolute most tense, which I think is exactly where it should be. When he goes into the little cupboard and sees the pictures of her with all of like her past, past boyfriends. And the last two photos are the groundskeeper and the maid. And it's just like, Oh, yeah, oh. like we know. I forgot that happened before the whole keys thing. Yeah, you're right. No, it, it's cool. But like, th- it leads to this, like, oh, shit. And my yeah. favorite, like, most kind of, like, you know, uh, toe curling, gripping the side of the couch moment was when he shuts the door, Rose goes, like, hey, are you, like, are you ready to go? And he <laughs> makes that decision to keep up the charade and goes yeah. and was like, Oh yeah, no. I'm. I mean, I'm good. You, you yeah, ready? And yeah. I don't know. There's something that, like so when she does the whole like, and he goes like, Rose, where are the keys? And she goes, you know, I can't give you these, and like holds up. Yeah. Basically, like, ah, the jig is up. I felt it was weird. I felt such a like release of tension because yeah. at least now he doesn't need to hold up the charade. Yeah. Just surrounded by four crazy people that want to. Do, he's surrounded by in a nest of predators, but yeah. all of a sudden there's weirdly less tension. Yeah, just because he doesn't have to like try and fake and lie his way through it. Right. Uh, but yeah. So I thought, oh my god, that that brief moment, like the window between him finding the photos and her doing the whole key thing, um, was the most tense like five minutes of the movie for yeah. me. Yeah. Well, you know, like the thing is, is I feel like in most movies. You know, and even in this movie, like we could have questioned, like he could have he could have overpowered her, right? He could have been like, "She's crazy. I'm gonna lock her in this closet and I'm gonna go." Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like yeah. he could have like, really done that. And sure. you know, if we look at a, a lot of look at a lot of what happened in the rest of the movie, like you know, he was very aggressive. Like he wasn't waiting around for anybody to save him. Like he wasn't <laughs> running up the stairs. You know, he wasn't doing any of the typical you know stuff. That, you know, tripping over stuff. At, you know, when he didn't need to be tripping. Mm-hmm. You know, so. A lot of people, I think, might question why he didn't attack her or take, you know, an offensive instead of a defensive stance at that moment. But I think that that signified the reality that a lot of Black people live Mm. in that, you know, we're kind of always pretending that it's okay. Like, it's okay that you're asking us these weird questions. It's okay (laughs) that, (laughs) you know, that we're in these awkward situations that you've said something that you really shouldn't have said. And we're kind of like, eh, that's okay. You know, sure. I mean, you know, and it's, I, I feel like because we live in that reality on a day-to-day basis, like he, his character didn't even think to go on the offensive at that mm-hmm. moment in time, because it's always a defensive thing for us. You know, we see white people doing something screwy and we're <laughs> kind of like, eh, okay, you know, it's, you know, it, it's fine. It, you know, even though it's not fine, we, you know, <laughs> we don't want to talk about it. We don't deal with it. It's fine. Let it go. Let's move on. The in kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then it was just instinct for him to hmm. do that. And so we don't necessarily question the fact that he didn't go on the offensive in that moment. That's an interesting angle. Well, I didn't think of it until you said something about the photos before. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> you gave um, me an opportunity to sound great. Thank you. <laughs> you might my, my pleasure. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't, uh, on a, I guess like on a, on a story, story crafting or storytelling note, because I want to, I get if, do you, uh, okay, this, this question first, I'm very scattered. Uh, 
do you where did the movie fall for you on like a like one one to ten i'm gonna say a 10 like i really i'm i'm reluctant to give it a 10 but it's only because i'm not a person who gives movies tens. <laughs> fair i hmm, hmm, all right i guess so then i uh because i i want to i do have like a couple hmm uh, I don't know a couple of a, a couple little th- things that nag yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, but, no, go share. Like the last, like the last of like the really good are just like how he unfolds the plot. So like I guess like genre genre notes aside of like you know playing with horror and um, how well he like affects the scare, just mm-hmm. the way he un kind of foreshadows and yeah. the like, the way things make sense. Like I don't know, he places it in this awesome space of. I think I've used this word already, but like ambiguity where mm-hmm. it's the, the world doesn't really tell you what it's doing until the revelation later, but it just kind of shows and it just keeps doing its own. It exists as it is, but like the placement of what it does, it's perfectly ambiguous where before you know what's actually going on, everything just seems, everything makes sense, question mark. Yeah. But it's all kind of like eerie and just a little off and off-putting. Yeah. But, and then once you find out like the real meaning behind everything and the real motivations at work and the real like uh, the like the uh, allegiances and every like uh, everything about the characters, everything still makes sense. But now it's in like it's in a whole new light. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like some of the best part, like with uh, you know, like the grandparents being put in the bodies of the groundskeeper and the maid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, beforehand it's you know the groundskeeper is just he acts kind of weird and yeah. he's sprinting in the middle. Which oh my god, I'm so glad they included that in the trailer, like in the run up to the movie of yeah of the groundskeeper. Oh. But then it's like hinted at where like you know his. You know, my my father was like part of the Olympic track team and lost yeah. to a black guy or something. Yeah. Yeah. He never really let it down. Lived it down. No, he's like, I'm in a black body now. I'm gonna try to. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. Bitch. That's all yeah. I needed. I needed a black body to be able to do this. Yeah. Sure. But it explains why he's like. It explains that weird, creepy, like, wise. Why is this already weird guy just sprinting at the middle of the night and? Yeah. <laughs> Hanging right turns like a Tron light motorcycle light cycle, yeah. <laughs> um, and then like the maid and and both of them not understanding when Chris, you know, hits them with with slang or modern day kind of lingo. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't mean to snitch. Question right. mark. Yeah. To to rat on you. Oh, yeah. Tattletale. Yeah. What? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know the um the one thing that kind of the reveal of like what's actually been going on because they play with like the hypnotism thing and i'm like yeah we're going into some like mind palace twilight zone shit this is great yeah and then i don't know there was something about the uh the nature of like oh it's a brain transplant (laughs) yeah i don't know man that hit me yeah i can see that yeah it it suddenly came off a little corny (laughs) yeah and I felt like I was watching like a like a 1950s 1960s horror plot that yeah. I don't know it's yeah no I could totally see that yeah that makes <sighs> that makes complete sense it, like it for went, me yeah. it, 
it kind of followed because I've actually thought about this whole thing. Like what if there were brain transplants? Oh, sure. Like would, you know, personalities come with them, you know, cause like all mm-hmm. that stuff is stored in your brain, but then like you've got muscle memory too. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, so I've kind of played with that question a lot um, sure. in the past. And so, you know, I get, it wasn't super far-fetched for me. Like it did definitely feel more like a throwback sort of thing because <laughs> that's, because that's something that was scary to people, you know, like 40, 50 years ago. Right. Sure. And I mean, I, th- I think it's still, I think it's scary in a new way to us now because transplants are a real thing, not necessarily brain transplant, but being, we're, mm-hmm. we're transplanting things that theoretically <laughs> shouldn't, we shouldn't be able to transplant. I mean, we can grow mm-hmm. organs now and, and things yeah. like that. So it's scary in a bit of a different way. Sure. Um, than it was, but yeah, I think it was handled very much like a retro sort of, sort of thing. I mean, I think the chair and the, even the TV, like the TV was, <laughs> yeah, the TV was like a hundred years old. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was an old TV. So I, I wonder how much of that was intentional. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, like I have to, so like one of the, the, like back to the awesome thing that he does, like he takes, like, he has a theme mm-hmm. or like he gets, he gets symbols that he then, that have like all of their great underlying meaning and everything. And then he's they are They remain so strong from the beginning through to the end. Right. So like he, his whole thing is like his conflict with his mother, like a hit and run. Um, and he, what was he doing? He was sitting at home watching TV. Mm-hmm. He didn't move. Why? Because he didn't want to make it real. And yeah. behold, the, the tragedy underlying that was that, you know, she would have, she could have survived. But so that's that's paralyzed him ever since. And so then when he's, yeah, I mean, cut to, he's strapped to a chair in front of a TV with the head of a deer, uh, mm. you know, mounted like a trophy mounted on the wall. And so, but now in a totally new context, but yeah. like the themes remain and like the symbols remain strong through the whole thing. And that's something he's really good at and maintains through uh, through to us even. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, so let's talk really briefly about the end before we move on to talking about us. Sure. Um, you know, we kind of mentioned that originally the ending was him going to jail, but mm-hmm. the actual ending that we saw in movie theaters and the ending that ended up being part of the movie was his friend, the TSA agent, who's played <laughs> by Lil Rel, and I can't remember his name in the movie. For, I, I only know his real name. <laughs> I can't remember his, like character's name sure Uh, but you know he comes up and you know like he he saves the day right like he was not letting us go like (laughs) the police were laughing at him in the beginning even like the black woman you know who you know we kind of thought okay well you know she might be down like she might you know she might believe him (laughs) you know she she was playing him like she was laughing (laughs) you know so he had the police (laughs) laughing at him and you know like nobody believed everybody thought he was crazy and he comes and he saves the day at the end how what did you think about that ending oh my god i personally i fucking loved it oh yeah oh yeah the movie theater loved it too like you could tell where every single black uh, person in the theater was when that happened (laughs) we were like oh well like what's he say he's all like uh like tsa ts motherfucking a we handle shit Um, because like i don't know how many how many tsa jokes have have you heard yeah (laughs) but here he is suddenly like out there right, the TSA I, agent saying the shit. day 
um, and so I don't know. And it, but it was I, it was kind of that like you know bait and switch that we that we've been talking about. Yeah. But now I guess in the other way, where you know it goes from like you know light and funny to sweep out the rug, and now we're into something really serious. But now the complete another way where he and it's a roller coaster all within like 15 seconds. Oh yeah. Where like he's you know he's got his hands on Rose's throat. He's finally like you know the the groundskeeper uh you know was about to shoot him. Turns around shoots her and then himself. And so it's all like he's in danger. Oh my god, he got saved. Oh my god, Rose is still alive. Okay, he overpowered her. Oh shit, here, here are the cop lights and right. So it's his up down all up-down. of that yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, and you think it's the final note because you're like, okay, I see how this ends. And right. then the door opens, TSA. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. I liked that it was a light note to end on, but it still yeah. paid on the, yeah. the expectation. And normally I like kind of darker endings to horror movies. <laughs> but I think, you know, for me, especially like, because I see this movie as a black horror movie, like I feel yeah. like Jordan Peele, he wrote this movie for us. Mm-hmm. made it for us like there are so many references throughout the movie and like you know it's just unflinching at some of the things that the the white people do it's it's not it's not engineered to make white people feel comfortable no like a lot of movies are like he made it unapologetically right and no. you know i felt like we needed that ending you know like normally mm-hmm. i would have been like oh my god that's such a cheesy ending like <laughs> any other movie i would have been like like he should have just died, <laughs> you know. Because yeah. I, I like, like for for my horror movies, like personally, yeah, I like quote unquote more realistic endings. Like things don't end on a nice mm-hmm. note all the time. Yeah, and you for, And this better. ending was like completely unrealistic. Like really, like the TSA right. <laughs> makes no sense whatsoever. But it was the <laughs> ending. Yeah, you know, and I was just I was so happy to see that because like you know up until this moment like I've been you know enjoying this movie and like wow like he is really out here like he is not pulling any punches he's you know yeah. he's saying what he's got to say and then the police show up and I'm like oh please please just cut to black like I don't want to see him get shot right <laughs> like right. that's that's what I was afraid of I was like yes I'm here to see a horror movie mm-hmm. but like I don't need any like real life horror yeah leading into this like I was just like I was just praying it was gonna cut to black. Well, and that's what steps out of the car and I'm like, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, like in the commentary thing, that's what he when he's referring to. OK, I, I hope I'm not like misquoting him here. But like when he's referring to the original ending of it's the police that show up, mm-hmm. he calls it like he calls it the movie's gut punch. And yeah, yeah, 100. One, that's that's what that would have kind of felt like. Yeah. You know, after all of the struggle, he's here at the end and then. <laughs> and you think he's gonna uh, oh wow no pun intended you think he's gonna get out and then yeah you know wham it just shot to the liver and you're down yeah uh, so yeah because i i mean i i agree i don't necessarily like uh unerring or like you know really kind of twisting the framework to make for a fairy tale everyone lives happily yeah. ever after kind of ending yeah i i'd like a re- realistic one but I also don't need. Oh, have you ever seen? Um, oh, oh, shit. Uh, would you rather? No. It's. I've, a, I've heard of it. I know what it is. Yeah, go ahead and explain it for the people who I don't, who don't know. It's a cheesy Netflix like uh, thing. I don't know. It, it plays on that uh, game of like you know what you know. Would you rather? 
A, do something like, you know, cut off a finger or B, have your mouth sewn shut or something. Like, yeah, you know, some, yeah. something. Yeah, two horrible <laughs> things, but, you know. Bingo. And it's about this rich guy who brings together, I think it's like eight or ten uh, people who really need money. <laughs> yeah. And then kind of proceeds to murder most of them uh, right. through, this, through this nightmare. Of course game. he does. Yeah. <laughs> or rather gets, gets them to murder themselves or each other. Right. Uh, through this nightmarish game and then so like it, it does this thing where like you know right up to the it, you know they they all die one by one horrible ways yada yada you get to the end and this girl who you've been following as a protagonist through all of it makes a horrible decision but she gets out of it and she you know she sees the end and it's all to get money to like the the, the winnings to basically save her brother mm-hmm. and, yeah, spoilers guys she uh she does it she goes through this awful thing spends all the money gets home finds out that her brother i think takes his own life oh damn and so it's like i i don't know man i take that as like a like uh horror kind of like gotcha yeah never gonna win anyway yeah Uh, almost it almost feels like i take my ball and going home kind of yeah move um so i don't know though i i appreciate the fact that feel kind of like for get out leaves it on an uptick and yeah yeah i think i would have hated that ending in any other movie but i think <laughs> with this political climate yeah. and with everything that black people as a whole have gone through like that movie was made for us and we needed that ending we needed to have that hope even though like we're looking at things and where things you know seem really dismal now and mm-hmm you know, a lot of us can't see a hopeful mm-hmm. ending to any of this because it probably won't happen in our lifetimes, right? Like, I think a lot of us have have come to terms with that. And, but to see that hopeful ending just, like, I, I, like, I don't know. I can't describe it. Like, I, I was sitting in that movie theater, like, this is, this is a good movie. Like, I've been, I, I'm not one that scares, right? Like, I cannot tell you a single movie or book or anything that is actually scared me where I've had to be like, oh, I need to leave the lights on or I need to, you know, watch out for this or that, you know, like I, I just, I'm not, (laughs) (laughs) I just, I I, I don't get scared. And, but I like, I like tension and I like suspense. And I definitely felt like there's a lot of tension and suspense in there. And you're like, there was dread. And like, I, you know, I, it made me feel things like that. I read, I read a book, you know, I watch a movie and it makes me feel things, but it doesn't necessarily linger to the point where like, I feel like I need to leave lights on or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, with this movie, it, it, it functioned as a horror movie for me in, in the sense that, you know, I felt dread and it was suspenseful and I was worried about the character and you know all of these things. And, you know, it was very creepy and eerie and mm-hmm. you know all of that. And then when the ending happened, I was like, this is a great movie. This is a happy movie. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? Right? laughs> and it's like, I've never felt that way before about a horror movie. Like when it ended happily, I've been like, Oh yay, it's a happy ending for a horror movie. You know, it's like, I don't expect well, that out of a horror I, movie. I don't necessarily want that out of a horror movie, but I needed that. I mean, for him. <laughs> yeah. He hits you with enough, like he hits you with enough horror and dread and then yeah, balances yeah. that out with enough like happy so that the yeah, net yeah. I, I mean like the the net gain is still in horror's corner yeah <laughs> like that end yeah. of, you know leaves i don't know it's a it's an important yeah. last place to leave but i think i think the horror heightens the happy moments and the happy yeah. moments heighten the horror and they play off of each yeah. other and they have 
they're much more what's the word I'm looking for that you feel them much more strongly yeah. because uh, the two are kind of played off against each amplified? other. Yes. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Thank Ooh, you. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about us. Yeah. Um, uh, I've only seen us once. Okay. Um, I saw it at the movie theater, so I might yeah. be a little rusty on some stuff. Hey, it's cool. Um, you and I are in the same boat then. All right, cool. Um, so for this movie, I kind of went in expecting again, like this is going to be a black movie. Mm-hmm. And to me, it didn't feel like a black movie. Like there were, there were certainly a lot of places where social commentary was incorporated. Sure. And, like that. and I'm not saying this was a bad movie. Like I really enjoyed the movie, but like in the yeah. previews and things like they were playing, I got five on it and all this other stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's a black movie, And then I get in there and it's not a real black movie. So I was kind of disappointed yeah okay and the movie for that reason like i if you just look at the movie like it was a great movie i want to watch it again i will watch it again at some point when i have some yeah. time but it wasn't a black movie and so i kind of left the theater feeling kind of like i was let down okay in a way, because of that like you know i like i tried to separate the parts of myself that was like you know is this objectively a good movie and you know the parts of myself that were like wanting to see a black movie for sure. When I went into the theater and like, I tried not to feel disappointed in any of it, mm-hmm. but like that disappointment certainly over overpowered a lot of the good feelings about the movie. And I'm wondering how you felt about it. Well, I mean, like it's uh, <laughs> that whole like expect like the treatment of expectation that, I mean, it's kind of like if you, if you're prepping yourself to get like a taste of like Sprite or iced tea and then you drink milk. <laughs> yeah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not that it's not that milk sucks. It's just yeah. like ugh, there's that initial shock of like what the hell? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I um. So in my, it kind of felt like it took. So I get in in the in the positive thing. It took it remained very consistent with yeah. uh, his style and get like like from Get Out. We got it. Yeah, for sure. We got a lot of what we could expect from Get Out. But, like, it took everything and kind of, on, like, all levels, knocked it up a notch or two. Yeah. Uh, both, like, the, the positive and uh, some of, like, what I would kind of maybe criticize it for. Um, and that's just, so, like, uh, from Get Out, I almost felt like the reveal was uh, was a little too big and that's just for me personally but like so because it builds intrigue and suspense yeah like that eerie sense of like something's not right yeah well and then when it explains what's at work or why you've been feeling that with the brain transplant thing i was like uh uh, okay (laughs) okay okay. uh maybe that that went a little too big for me but I, but I can dig it. If, if they played more on like the, the hypnotism thing, I, I don't know. I don't know what I would do instead, but I, the brain transplant thing took, took it a little too, I hated it or I, excuse me, I disliked it less on the second viewing because yeah. I expected it. Um, but I remember that caught me with get out. And so yeah. with us, it did, Oh my God, the, the intrigue building that it did was even better. Yeah. I got, I, I still, I mean, clearly I, I geek out so hard over the, um, the whole, like, you know, fi- seeing duplicates and uh, yeah. kind of like, like everywhere. And the more coincidences that start to appear, the closer she gets. And I'm like that, that concept on its own 
is so fucking fabulous because it takes that it it, it just in the nature of it has doubt because are these coincidences a sign of danger if you read them that way are they yeah. a sign of danger or are they just that are they just coincidences these things right happen? right and like everything from like 11 11 make a wish uh the jeremiah 11 11 thing oh the yeah circle, the circle landing within a circle um all of that stuff i'm like and but as a sign of some unknown duplicate danger getting ambiguously closer <laughs> i i i don't know i thought that was great but then in the same way of the explanation being too big i don't know man <laughs> the whole they copied america in 1985 or something yeah and like just a whole second country living off of rabbit i yeah. i I was kind of like, whoa, <laughs> excuse me, what? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, like it, the premise is, premise I, whatever. <laughs> the, the premises that he uses in each of the films are kind of far-fetched. You know, like they're, you know, like if, if somebody walked up to me and they're like, I'm going to make a movie about how they cloned America, I would have been like, uh, no. <laughs> huh. Like, I don't want to watch that. But the execution of it is so good. Yeah. That, God. That it turns out, you know, it turns out great, which, you know, tells you that, like, you don't need, like, a super great or believable premise to mm -hmm. make a good movie. Yeah, but the execution, oh, my God. The execution from acting to, like I said, that suspense and overall just intrigue building. I can't, yeah. um, I don't think I could, like, geek out or stress that enough. The, the intrigue built was so phenomenally well done that when they kind of popped the cork, I was like, oh, what? Because <laughs> um, I, I don't know, I guess maybe back to that note about expectation, expected something like just as, I don't know, subtle, but haunting. Um, and then when it kind of comes off with this big, like um, a real kind of like a firework boom of an explanation, I was like, oh, I didn't, uh, I'm not sure if it's just taking me a second to wrap my head around it or if... Uh, if maybe that like the the size and scope maybe was a mismatch, um, especially I don't know I liked the idea of it being what was the main I I'm gonna be even worse with names on this one <laughs> Adelaide Adelaide main character sure so yeah, Adelaide. and then Red was her was her duplicate right uh yeah I think so I can't so remember. I I thought it was gonna be like a a personal haunting kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, that's oh, that's great because then who are you gonna run to for help? <laughs> right. If it's, if it's just a you problem and you're running around going like, oh my God, someone, you know, I have someone that I have a doppelganger. Yeah. I have, I have a doppelganger that's trying to kill me and my family. Right. You go to the cops, they're gonna be sweet, fifty one fifty. We're gonna we're gonna, <laughs> yeah. keep, we're gonna keep you from running and put you in a in a in a hold. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Now the rabbit's caught in a trap. Um, but since it's like a, a nationwide thing, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Oh, hmm. Like everybody's dealing with this. So she's not necessarily dealing with like a believability yeah. issue once they appear. Like her husband thinks she's crazy. Exactly. Early oh, on. And she's like, you know, I had this thing happen to me and it was weird. And like, I, you know, there's you know, there's this thing going on and he's like, it's okay. It's no big deal. We're just going to the beach. It's fine. You know, and you know, like yeah. she needs to get past this whole traumatic thing 
mm-hmm. that she had happen, which kind of makes me question early on, like if she knew her, I'm just going to call them um, her, her tethers, right? Yeah. Her tether. Yeah. If she knew that she was going to be coming for her, or, you know, if she thought that she would be giving her tether like an opportunity to come to her if she went back to the beach or, you mm. know, because once we see the end of the movie and we learn that she's really the one that was living in that sort of underground world and she took the girl's place, then, you know, it kind of makes you question like, okay, well, what was she really afraid of? Like she's, you know, she's gotten rid of her adversary, right? Yeah. So, you know, what, what makes her feel like, because that's not really a traumatic experience for her. Right. Uh, at that point, like that's the point that she got free. Like that's, that's like the glow up for her life. Right. Yeah. So why is she so concerned? So, okay. Question. Um, a, okay. It's going to be a two-parter. Um, a, did you, did you anticipate that twist? And B, how'd you feel about it? You know, honestly, like I did, but only because I, I, you know, I I watched Get Out and, you know, I've, I've really kind of thought a lot about, I've talked to a lot of people about Get Out. Um, I've been, I've been a guest on a lot of podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) So I've had a lot of opportunity to think about that movie and the way Jordan Peele kind of thought about things. And, you know, obviously like we're theorizing about how he thinks about things, but just looking at the movie, like I, I don't know that I would have, I don't know that it even would have occurred to me. I think that because of what happened in Get Out and because I'd been thinking about all of these things, that's what made me question whether or not she was actually the real one or not. Sure. I, oh, I don't know. I, 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 I have to imagine that if you took like a, <laughs> took a poll or something or surveyed the, the entire audience, it would probably come up like 50-50. But I, I don't know, man, as soon as like, I had that s- suspicion from the jump um, of like, you know, they, they see, each, you know, she sees herself as a little girl. I'm like, I, the first kind of like, you know, guess the twist, unfortunately, that the brain goes to for me anyway, is like, oh, you know, the, the, the doppelganger is the one that got out or you know, they switched yeah. at birth or something. And so I don't know my, and there have been other stories that have been told that have kind of like a, a foreseeable twist yeah are able to kind of pull you away from that guessing game and then hit you with it anyway so that it, even though you guessed it early on it still affects you and for some reason that just didn't hit me with this one i yeah. i was kind of i spent most of my time going like please don't please don't tell us that they got switched please don't yeah. tell us that they got switched and then when it was like she gives her explanation of, you know, for the audience, I'm the real one. You took my place. I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they done did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like, totally did it. And that's the weird thing. I think that, I think that a lot of the twists in this movie are, there are telegraphed, you know, and get out a lot of those things. Just, you know, a lot of the punches weren't telegraphed. Yeah. But in this movie, they were, and mm. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. If I'm how honest, did, like, how I prefer you, to be surprised. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm like in that kind of that's kind of needed into the dough of horror, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> so I, I, yeah. Surprise I want to like, not see it coming because there are very few movies where I don't see it coming. Like I've watched a lot of movies. I've read a lot of books. Like I've written a lot of stuff. So it's like, I can see when writers are like laying the groundwork yeah. <laughs> for something later. Like that's, that's the downside to being a writer and to being someone in, into being someone who watches a lot of horror and, you know, basically like bathes themselves and all things horror. The art of pulling back the curtain. Yeah. Right. Like you, you can see all of the groundwork being laid. And so very few things are a surprise for you anymore. And so like most movies are disappointing to me in some way, like I'll watch them. They're entertaining, but I don't love them. You know, I kind of watch them to pass the time. And just because I love horror, I very rarely am surprised Sure. By things. And I felt like Get Out surprised mm-hmm. me in a lot of ways, which yeah. was great. And I think I think part of it was because it was so different than anything else that had ever been done. But yeah. like having seen oh, one movie God. by Jordan Peele and then watching another movie by him, it's kind of like, okay, I can see kind of like how he's laying the groundwork for things. Oh, now. No. So I was less surprised by oh. things. Oh, oh crap. It, it just, oh, damn it. Ah, oh, damn it. It just kind of, I don't, uh, I don't think it would have occurred to me uh, if you hadn't said that just now, but have you, oh, nuts. Have you read um, any Dan Brown? Yeah. Um, I can't remember the names of them, like the, the popular da, ones. Da Vinci Code. Yeah, Angel, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've read both of those, yeah. Oh, okay, so I, I remember hearing, and he gets shit all the time for like, uh, like, oh, he's a hack. He does, like, it's, it's, it's trash, easy mystery. I, yeah. I read, I read Da Vinci Code. Did not feel that way. I thought it was. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought it was a sweet page turner. The the twists and the action I thought were great. The characters and like uh, their dynamics I thought were, were fun and awesome. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I really like the book. I, I like. I was always confused why people were like, oh, he's you know he's not a great writer or whatever. I'm like, yeah. So that I whole, mean, like his prose, like the way that he writes things is, yeah. Not he's not he's not a bad writer but like he's not he's not like tony morrison or you know I, yeah that, but you know no. <laughs> most people aren't so <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah you get to be tony morrison because you're because most people aren't right um, exactly but like i think like being I, disappointed in something like that seems like you're just looking for something to be mad about but i started to kind of see where the criticism came from though after because like I, I read da vinci code thought it was great mm-hmm. i read lost symbol thought it was fun thought it was great picked up inferno and i was like okay well, shit. This is the this is kind of uh, Da Vinci Code in Italy. Just like yeah, yeah. I feel like all of his books are like a remix of the first one. Yeah, I I feel <laughs> the the joke I made a while ago was that it felt like he took like he had Angels and Demons or Da Vinci Code and was all like, I've got this awesome story with this guy named Robert. Uh, he's gonna have like a a kick ass female co star, but they're never gonna kiss or nothing. And then, where should I set it? Uh, should it be Parrot? Nah. Should it be DC? Nah. Should it, you know what? I'm just going to write it like six times and base it out of each spot. Yeah. And so, I, I don't know. But like the, so the criticism kind of becomes uh, that it's very formulaic. Yeah. And yeah, definitely I definitely feel that way. I don't know. Your, your mention of like, uh, the, you know, I saw the, the, the punches coming for us because I saw get out i don't know i hope i hope it doesn't follow a, a similar track of like you know we we saw this you know a new movie comes out called 
uh, unknown or something. And it's like, oh, well, I mean, we saw the same twists and the same structure that we got from us and from yeah. Get Out. And yeah. I don't know, but he doesn't, I don't know. I hope he kind of like changes up the recipe. Yeah, um, yeah, me, me too. Me too. Like, I think he, I think he makes great films. Like, even though I saw a lot yeah. of the stuff coming, like I was still entertained. Yeah. But again, you know, like I'm one of those people where like, I'll, I'll watch just about anything. Like, even, <laughs> even though I know stuff, because I know stuff is coming like so often, like I would have nothing to watch or read if I was, you know, only looking for stuff that I would be totally surprised mm-hmm. by, you know, like there, I could probably count on one hand, the number of movies and books I've watched or read in the last decade. Mm-hmm. that have been like oh i did not see that coming <laughs> you know that's, that's kind of what makes them special though isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah for sure those setups can be so readable when they do work it's and i'm starting to wonder if it's in if it's in the reveal because uh like i said there have been uh, i don't i don't want to i don't want to like spoil it for anyone who hasn't gone through it or plans to but there's the the, the video game detroit become human they, mm-hmm. they set up, and uh, it'll make sense, trust me. But they they set up a uh, a twist pretty early on, basically around is this person or are they not an android? And they kind of play you with that ambiguity. And you kind of I don't know. At first, it hit me with this like, oh god, please don't don't set up such a I don't know. I guess foreseeable twist of blah blah. They were an and they were a robot all along. Right. But they do enough and like I like uh, um, get out kind of did and what other, you know, successful twists can do are like they set up, they give you the question and kind of give you enough to kind of go, Oh, please don't pull that. Yeah. But then they, I don't know. They just kind of leave it there and then they go on and tell the story yeah. enough to kind of pull you away from that guessing game. Yeah. And then in Detroit's case, it just kind of, the reveal just sort of happens. There's no lead up to it. There's no um, dun da da da. It's just oh, by the way, here's that answer to that question from way back when. And it it even though you would have seen it coming if you dwell on it, it happens you know, like snappily enough, if that's yeah. a word, that you go like oh oh shit oh what oh yeah. my god. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I I think um, it, it it does kind of still kind of come back to that telegraphing um yeah point that you made so overall what did you think about us compared to get out i don't know uh, man i don't know it um because with get like i said it, it takes everything that get out does and then raises the notch on it so the the intrigue i loved the intrigue and symbolism in uh us more than in Get Out uh, yeah. because it remains strong, but there's, God, man, that haunting, eerie feel of noticing coincidences and that may or may not be the warning sign that, you know, your hunter is getting closer. Right. And just that, fe- and the feeling that it's such a personal thing, like, and, you know, the, the I'm not sure if it's appropriate, but like, you know, the gaslighting of like, come on, you don't actually think that, do you? And yeah. so like the, the, the inherent doubt of that problem. Oh my God. I love that so much more in us. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the, what I, what hit me as a letdown from get out, which again, like I said, is dampened from a second viewing, but what hit me as a letdown from get out is 
kind of like, you know, the same, if not more so from us. Um, because I don't know that the, like, ah, oh, this very personal haunting, creepy parallel, uh, play kind of thing mm-hmm. turned out to be like, you know, we copied all of them. It was a government project that copied all of America. And yeah, I don't know. Let me introduce like 10 billion possible plot holes and things to right. Uh, <laughs> like, okay. Like, first of all, like, how would you even do that? Why would you like, how would you do that? Why, uh, why would you think that would work? You just yeah. up and abandoned it. That seems yeah. I get the yeah. whole so, so many questions. So it, many questions. Uh, it introduces 10 billion questions and answers like three. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I felt like the ending to that movie like get out felt like a final thing. Like we got to hear Chris's story, like, you know, from beginning to end. Right. You know, we were fulfilled by it. And with us, I kind of felt like we got this story. And then at the end, there were just more questions. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily feel as satisfied. Yeah. You know, like I'm glad, you know, the family lived or whatever. And I thought, I actually like the fact that, they, you know, that they switched that the one that was living above ground was actually the tethered cool. Adelaide. You know, it like I, I liked that. I think I would have liked for it to been handled a little bit differently, just so it was more of a surprise. But again, like I don't know how much of that was because I've watched Get Out and studied it so much sure. that I kind of saw it coming. Right. You know, it could, it, it could just very well be me and the way that, <laughs> the way that my brain works, you know, I don't know. Um, sure. It would be interesting to see how many people were kind of surprised mm-hmm. by that twist. Um, but, yeah. but I did, I did enjoy it. Um, and I, I did feel like it made me want to go back and watch it again, which in a lot of ways, like the, the whole twist with Rose being in on everything and, you know, that whole family being, mm-hmm. you know, it makes you want to go back and watch from the beginning because everything looks different. If you go back and watch the movie, and I feel like Us has that too. If you go back to the beginning, everything looks different once you know that. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, is, that was one of the things that hit me. Just, I'm going to interrupt really quick. One of the things that hit me with uh, this rewatch of um, Get Out was that, yeah, knowing from the start now, un, you know, unambiguously, without a, mm-hmm. without a shadow of the doubt, that Rose is in on it. All of a sudden, all of the times that she intervenes and goes, what, are you crazy? Or you think that I'm doing this, okay. Or the, hey, let's go for a walk. All of a sudden, rather than like, oh, she's the supportive girlfriend. So sinister. She's the handler. She's the play creator. She's the manipulator. I, oh. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's it's better on the second watch. And I think us will be better on the second watch. Like I said, I haven't seen it. Again, okay. like, I, like I've seen Get Out. So I'm wondering if Us will be better on the second watch. Like I said, I think it's a great movie. I'm not disappointed in it. And I think the, I think the ending makes makes it rewatchable. Whereas a lot of movies, like you watch them once, it's kind of like, okay, that was a good movie. But you don't mm-hmm. necessarily want to rewatch them. I think Peel makes movies that you want to watch again and again because you're going to catch different things in them that you yeah. might not have caught before. Especially because there's a reveal at some point in the movie that changes everything that happened previously. It, it, it retrofits everything you've already seen. And so it's yeah. kind of just like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. That, that is super fair. And that is super true. Um, and I really like, I really like books and movies that do that because again, like mm-hmm. I'm not super surprised by a lot of things. So being able to rewatch something and see different things makes 
a work of art more interesting yeah. for me because things aren't really like, you know, revealed to me in the way that they might be in an audience of non writers. You know, I think a lot sure. of writers kind of have the, they kind of deal with the same, the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm curious to know since, since get out was your first sort of experience with black horror, how, how did that make you feel like when you were watching it? Like, did you feel seen? Did you feel like it was made for you? How, how did it feel different to you than some of the other movies that you've seen? Hmm. Um, God, that, uh, that's a good question. It, it's, uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I want to just kind of like sit and think on that, but I don't want to just leave you in silence for <laughs> too long, but it's. That's okay. We can cut out the silence if we need to. I, hmm. I guess. Okay. Here, here's what I feel like I can probably say is that I, so I'm, I'm of mixed race too. Um, and I've lived in California since I was eight. Um, and I mean, so I've had, I've had, I've had run-ins, but not what I'd call struggles. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So like, I, uh, I don't know when I got, you know, I got into fights as a kid because I moved around a lot. And so the, that weird that I still don't understand to this day, but that whole like, you know, new kid in the neighborhood yeah. <laughs> like struggle um, you know, I had, I had one kid, uh, try and like, you know, throw a punch and call me a nigger. I, but it didn't, it didn't, I, it fit, I don't know what it was. It felt like water off a duck's back. It was kind of this, like, is that, I don't, it didn't hit me probably yeah. because I haven't been hit with much before. Yeah. And so it's just kind of this, like, is that, I don't know. You're saying that because you think it's supposed to hurt me. And because yeah. I can see that intention, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, my uh, my interactions with police have been nothing but I mean been, I've been pulled over three times I want to say and uh, it's all been very I don't know respectful and easy um, there's like nothing above the the usual amount of tension um, in a scenario like that um, but always just I don't know I I've been polite and it's worked <laughs> I've been, I've been respectful and it's worked. Um, but I understand that's not the case everywhere. Yeah. I, I don't know. So the, the, I can't really, I would feel weird if I sat here and said that, um, get out, like spoke for me or it, you know, it, it represented me in that yeah. vein. Those the, on the, on the front of, you know, those struggles. Right. Um, I, I will say that it, it hit that whole, uh, the, the social awkwardness of being the only dark dude at a party. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for On sure. The fucking head. <laughs> like the amount of times I've, uh, I'll be sitting, you know, I'll be sitting there and uh, my girlfriend still hasn't tired of doing this occasionally being like, Hmm, you're the only black guy here. I'm like, I mean, yeah, I'd noticed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trust thanks me. For, thanks for highlighting it. I, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't need the news bulletin. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. The the rolling, uh, yeah. the rolling banner along the. <laughs> yeah. Evan, you're the only dark guy here. Yeah. Thanks. I I had noticed myself, or, you know, uh, the like I said earlier, the whole being being asked, um, as uh, or like you know, asked questions uh, in those like party settings, 
as the emissary or the the one to explain how Black America feels. Right. <laughs> I'm like, guys, the one with the codex, and you can, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah let me tap into the network real quick, right. Um, you know, hold a finger to my temple and just... Right. We just um, had a Black people meeting last week. <laughs> you know, handy you ask, we just discussed these. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, Let me um, just bring so, up the meeting notes. I don't know. It's this thing where, like, I personally haven't had, uh, you know, negative interactions with police, but I'm asked kind of like it's assumed I have. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, oh, actually, oh, my God. So in rewatching. um get out last night so like with the whole the scene with the cop Mm -hmm. when he goes uh can i see your license and chris he you you can almost see him sigh but then you know he gets out his wallet right he's like here we go yeah and he he goes along with it and it's just like a like a rote kind of like okay this is what you do you just you comply don't don't escalate (laughs) right but rose goes and just like what? She's like, oh hell no, Mark, we're oh, not doing this. Hell. She did everything but a Z snap and was just like, <laughs> like, uh, like, like, what? I was driving. This is bullshit. Who's here? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. As but then we find out she's doing that because she's like not wanting a paper trail. For... Exactly. Exactly. But in the moment, it's and that this that comes back to like the that movie's beautiful use of ambiguity of like, is she doing it because she's the white girlfriend who's right. like she's who down? Can, yeah. Can totally talk to police like that. Or is it a, <clears throat> I don't, hey, please don't let this lead back to us. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And I remember, I, uh, uh, my girlfriend, Amanda, she was sitting next to me and she was all like, I'd call, I'd call him out on his bullshit too. And I just turned, I was like, Hey, would you, if, if we take, <laughs> if we take a road trip and something like this happens, don't ever do that. Right. <laughs> is your girlfriend white? Hey, she is. She's okay. uh, Greek and Italian, uh, but not like the the southern ones that yeah. got uh, dark skin. She's she sunburns easy. And um, so you watch Get Out, and you still you still have a white girlfriend. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. Oh my God! Thank you for the reminder. That that whole scene of like I can't find the keys. There was oh my God! It uh, there was probably like a week or two later. We were leaving a friend's house. We were walking down uh, in the driveway and it was dark. And she goes like, huh, I can't find my keys. And all, <laughs> of, this, all of a sudden, I just felt super fucking defensive. And I was like, I, I, I felt ready to fight. And I was like, where is this coming from? <laughs> and I felt an inherent distrust of her in that moment. There's all of that. But <laughs> oh, my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> kind of like, oh, OK, I want to share this other uh, tidbit and we can get back to us. But um, you know how you said that you're not the type to get scared mm-hmm. from horror movies? And I'm almost the complete opposite. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen The the Grudge? Yeah. So I think, I think the type of horror that really gets my goat in that like visceral, I don't like this kind of yeah. way are like Japanese oh, psychological yeah. horror Oh, ones. yeah. Me too. Me and too. Those are the only ones that I've actually been like, okay, I'm a little freaked <laughs> out right now. <laughs> they, they got their black belt in Creep You the Fuck Out. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> oh, my God. There's a scene from the first one where, like, she's up in her, like, high-rise apartment or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she gets a phone call from her buddy. You're talking and, about the American version, right? Sorry. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't. Good God, I couldn't have handled the, <laughs> I handled the, the Japanese version. Great. 
No, I, you know what? I will super take your word for it. <laughs> but um, I'll probably give it a try someday. But um, yeah, and like, you know, she, you know, he calls asking to be buzzed in or something. And she goes like, ah, ha, ha, banter, cl- unlocks the gate. And then all of a sudden there's a knock at her door. And mm-hmm. like, what the, what? Yeah, like, there's no way he could come up that fast. Exactly. Looks through the people. It's him. And she says something witty into her phone, like, I don't know why you're pulling my leg if you were already here. Opens up the door and it's to an empty hallway. And then she hears the like, uh, Oh and yeah. And like the lights, yeah. the lights start shutting out in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> but as I described as any rational adult would do, she slams the door, throws the phone to the ground and hides in under the covers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause no one's going to find you under the covers. Oh my God. I was like, lady, what are you doing? And, um, white people, man. It's white that's people. what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> Chris the, would not have done that. Chris would have ran out of there. The movie would have been over. Credits would have been rolling. Oh, you damn! Oh, you damn right. <laughs> but uh, he uh, and she like she hides under the covers, and like the room gets dark or something, and like the the lump rises at the end of the bed and starts like carpet oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Two problems. A, I don't know why the fuck she didn't start just kicking wild. Right? If it's under the, like, at least, I mean, either fight back White or run. people. And, <laughs> and she, like, even worse, just stays frozen and slowly, like, rolls the covers back. She yeah. gets, like, ah, oh, and pulled under or something. Yeah. My point being, after seeing that scene in that movie, I slept in a sleeping bag on top of the covers for, like, a week and a half. <laughs> and I felt so fucking proud of myself. I was like... You can't beat me if I'm in a bag. <laughs> point, point, Evan. Suck, suck it, ghost. Wait, how old were you? <laughs> I was like, well, thank you. Dennis the Menace level tactics. I was like, I know you're younger than me, but I was wondering how much younger than me. I was like, please don't say you were like 20. Because <laughs> that movie came out when I was like 18 or 19, so, <laughs> Slick, so I was yeah. I was having trouble like picturing like grown up. <laughs> I was a creative ass 12 year old. I, you know, that's pretty awesome. I, I'm impressed. That was very clever. <laughs> was very clever of you. I like it. Oh God. Can I just say how many people have bragged about that too? <laughs> and now you've bragged about it to the world. Excellent. <laughs> Let it be what I'm known for. Thank you so much, Evan, for joining us today. It was a blast talking oh to you. God. I my hope you have a wonderful pleasure. day. Hey, no, you too, Tanya. Thank you. <laughs> The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.